Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and in today's episode we are talking about the decarbonisation of district heating. I'm really happy and excited to be joined today by Roger Dahlstrand. He is the Sales Director at Cetotherm. Roger, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, so today we're talking about district heating and we're talking about decarbonizing district heating. Before we jump into the, the energy efficiency, the sustainability aspect, uh, could you give us a quick summary? What's district heating? What does it mean? What do we refer to when we talk about district heating? And why is it important for us? Where, where do we see it? Well, uh, district heating, um, I, I would say that is one of our uh, most, uh, our biggest, most unknown uh, heating sources we have uh, all, all over the world, mainly in Europe. Uh, it is uh, a grid, uh, similarity to, to the electrical grid we have, it, but uh, it's uh, pipes and uh, some, somewhere in the cities we have a, a central heat source. Uh, could be uh, everything from wood to, to uh, waste, garbage. We can use a lot of um, different terms of energy. Um, so, so I always say that um, people who don't know what kind of heating source they have, they usually have district heating. Uh, for me, that is uh, some some of res- uh, good receipt of this. Yes, understand. So, so we're talking here about cities. We're talking about urban areas. We're talking, uh, but is it always the cities, or is it sometimes in 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 more communities into into smaller towns? How, how does that look from a, a scope perspective? Yeah, and it variates. Uh, it, I would say a normal, even a small town, has some sort of district heating because. Uh, it has been during, I would say, the last uh, 25 years, uh, a lot of political decisions taken uh, in order to get district heating. So I would say that we have communities from 5,000 people uh, up to 5 million people are using district heating. It is uh, quite politically dr- driven. Uh, we see that all, uh, now as well during the situation we have. It variates. The trend now is that also um, even smaller areas are coming with very, very local um, uh, district heating network in combinations then with other heat source uh, than than uh, normal uh, waste or burn uh, facilities. Uh, so so the development of, of the district heating and and uh, the direction it's taken it's it's really interesting because we are changing from one energy source to to a various number of energy sources. Understand. Hey, before we jump into those energy sources themselves, maybe a quick question about why. Why? Why is there this political push? Why is there this this push towards district heating rather than more localized or more incremental uh, heat creation? I think it is a mainly a cost uh, cost issue. I would say uh, district heating, creating a new district heating network, is is uh, extremely expensive. It, it takes a heavy investment. I mean, basically, you start from scratch. You have to build the, the fuel um, center. You have to build the grid, and, and also connecting all of these um, houses. Uh, and the matureness among the end customers also is important because. Uh, normally, I'm, I'm just looking at myself, I already have a heat pump in my house. Uh, why should I invest in heat pump? Uh, so there are a number of small facts which is taken in, into consideration, which makes it fairly complicated. Yeah. And and once we have it, so so as you mentioned before, it's one of the, the largest sources of heating that we have globally in many different centers, large cities, down to small communities. And, and it's there driven, it's centralized, it's... Uh, there is a there is let's say a cost hurdle to get there, but once we have it, what are some of the benefits? Uh, once we have district heating yeah. installed, what are the core benefits of district heating itself uh, and and the technology as it stands today? 
I would say for those people who have uh, district heating, as I said earlier in this uh, session here, um, the how to say the, the, the comfort is enormously high with district heating. You always have a, a safe supply of uh, hot water, tap water. Uh, heating is um, yeah. I would I would be if you have a problem, uh, it, it's a major breakdown, which is very rare. Uh, so, so it's um, also very cost efficient for a facility owner, for example, compared to other heat sources. The maintenance cost uh, on, a, on a substation locally in a, in a building is, is extremely low uh, compared to, to other different heat, uh, heat sources where you have much more expensive both parts and also maintenance costs. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. understand. So... So we have a lot of these district heating plants. There's a, there's a huge amount of, of energy that's consumed. That's that's also provided to 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 different urban centres, to to businesses, to residential homes via district heating. Well, what's a little bit of a snapshot shot of where we are today? Um, if you were to to summarise our, our current situation as a, as a district heating industry, how would you how would you summarise that for us? It's a really good question. Uh, I would say that uh, I'm not basically from the district heating business. I joined uh, five, six years ago into this as a sales director. And I, from a sales perspective, I, I'm, I'm very surprised that we are not selling more district heating, actually, as an energy source, because it is brilliant. Um, I'm not sure if it's due to political decisions or this... Uh, history we have with district heating um, it's not to 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 be too brave but but it's really conservative and it's it's a little bit not market driven uh, it's driven from the inside uh, towards the outside not from the outside towards the inside which sales is normally all about uh, i think that is our biggest challenge uh, because customer when you speak about district heating it's very few people who actually know what district heating is. And mm. I'm quite sure if they knew what it was, they would really put a demand on it. So, so we are working, Citizen, uh, as a company, really heavy to work so that we get this uh, pull force from the outside and in. Um, please ask, ask your energy company, uh, could, could I have district heating? I, I would like to connect, uh, create the opportunity. Uh, so, so I think... Now, with the, with the recent, I would say, since the start of this year, the discussion are changing, but you know, mm -hmm. I would say too slow phase. We have now an energy situation, which is, which is terrible. Um, we could offload uh, some of the electrical issues, for example, just by putting on more power from, uh, towards the district heating and, and releasing the electrical grid. Uh, but then decisions is uh, extremely important. Yeah, understand. And and you, you raised a really good point there, and that was one of my next questions. Uh, knowing where we stand today, knowing that not only do we have an energy challenge, let's call it, especially here in Europe as an example, but but also looking at the, the, the big drivers behind our society at the moment around sustainability, around around decarbonisation, and one of the topics that we highlighted at mm. the start of this. Uh, let's connect to that a little bit. How, how is district heating... Um, placed within this conversation around energy efficiency and, and sustainability and and maybe after where it's placed where are still some areas that we need to work and where are some 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 parts of the industry where there are still opportunities for us to improve 
there is a huge part of, of, of um, possibilities uh, in order to connect both uh, facilities in, like uh, houses and also industrial estate. Um, one of the big benefits we have in, in, uh, in this uh, decarbonization is, is uh, that we can quite easily control and, and uh, access. And I think developing uh, the new trend now, which we are talking a lot with, with, with Siemens about, is this digitalization. Because uh, it gives us not only just a substation. We are aiming to have a substation to be smart and intelligent and connectable. Uh, we are using artificial intelligence. We are using the, the latest uh, control systems because it's all about the balance in the system. Uh, district heating is, is, in order to have a low um, CO2 footprint, we need to have low return temperatures. And, and CTSM as a company uh, has, I would say that is our number one priority to, to perform. Um, this gives the, the energy companies a perfect possibility to, to, to be really uh, CO2 neutral in the production um, unfortunately, um, I would say legislations and, and um, in terms of or towards performance are a little bit also um, how to say old. I'm a little bit honest now and, and direct. <laughs> you could be that uh, because because uh, we see this combination. Uh, I think also the the um, the ownership um, of the product, not not only the heating uh, as a product. Uh, has to move even forward. Maybe it should be so in the future that the energy companies, the producers, owns also the substations locally in, in, in the houses so that they have a product which they are in total control over. They can do the load balancing uh, uh, on their system in order to yeah, achieve uh, the lowest CO2 footprints, uh, all, all those features which we are aiming for, use the optimal amount of fuels and, and so on and so on. So there are a lot of benefits Understand. I'm not sure if Maybe that was we'll the, answer, the answer to the question. It's 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 a yeah, it, tricky. It, it's a very long answer. <laughs> it, it's a tough one, but but let's dive in just to, to split it up a little bit because I think I think um, you know for those out there listening as well as you mentioned, not everyone understands district heating, and I think from your description already, uh, you know this is a central energy source that's then distributed, and this has a lot of benefits uh, managing costs at the at the consumer, let's call it, mm. but also mm. is, is quite an efficient technology uh, because mm. we have a, a lot less uh, or we, we can have a lot less energy loss, uh, et cetera. Mm. But you just uh, mentioned there something which I think is important for us to touch on um, when you mentioned to be the most efficient, to, to ensure that we're really delivering the right amount of energy and reducing or minimizing waste, it's that return temperature is a good indicator. To the, mm. And and maybe to, to summarize for me, that means that we're, if, if we have a low return temperature, this means that we're sending out the right amount of, of energy and we're not getting too much back, let's say, and, exactly. and losing a lot in the in the call. Mm. So so if I understand correctly, that that's where I'd like to dive in a little bit because you mentioned digitalization and you mentioned the, the energy providers. And, and I think the electricity grid is a really good analogy because mm. a district heating grid is, is like an electricity grid. Uh, you. Mm. You, or at least traditional electricity grids, where we we generate energy centrally and then we distribute. Uh, and the perfect situation is that we're generating and sending exactly the right amount of energy that the the consumer needs at the other end. Uh, you mentioned digitalization. How does that help us? How can digitalization help us get the balance right to not create too little energy, but also not create too much? And send send it away uh, to be wasted and just sent back for loss. 
dig, uh, it's a, uh, digitalization is an excellent tool in, in many perspectives. I, I um, for, to start with just easy features with digitalization. It's it's when you go, for example, um, uh, overview and, and uh, analysis and getting statistics and, and values, then we can use the, the, the digitalized, digitalized products um, in many ways. And, and that is basic digitalization. It's been going on for yeah, 30, 40 years. Everyone, there is some sort of electronic components in every, more or less everything right now. But but uh, the thing now with with uh, the next level of digitalization is that we can also connect this artificial intelligence. For example, we can learn uh, from the data we previously we have collected a lot of data and we have put them somewhere and maybe in some sort of Excel sheet or made some smaller analysis. Now with the new artificial uh, tools, which we are getting more and more into our products as well, uh, we can optimize this data. And, and we can see behaviors, uh, we can prevent behaviors. And uh, by doing that, we, we, we can add so much more. They're talking about uh, energy reductions, consumptions, maybe 10 to 20% if we use these tools in the correct way. So, so digitalization with that tool created, and now we can add the next level of tools, we, we can do enormously on, on, on the whole situation with the CO2 reduction. Like uh, you just mentioned that that evolution, and it's and it's such a similar story that we see in in other infrastructure, in other uh, heating and cooling applications, where transparency or, or understanding what's happening where is something that somehow we've done for some time. We've always and 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 also over the last years and sometimes decades, we've collected a lot of information, but really using that as being the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great a great insight. Let's call it into district heating, whereas. Where this is maybe some not so different from other parts of the industry, but at the same time, because you're talking really about a network, the impacts that you can you can have by finding those savings and implementing these new mm-hmm. tools can be so big. Mm-hmm. You mentioned their energy savings, fifteen to twenty percent. That's a great one. Maybe mm-hmm. have you got some other uh, some other examples, some other benefits? Uh, if we really do take this direction, if we start making uh, district heating networks more digital, uh, more connected, uh, and more transparent. What are some of the other benefits that you see from your perspective, and, and what are you already uh, experiencing as Cedartherm out there in the market? I think um, if you go back and, and when we use, if, if when we when we are using this artificial uh, intelligence, one of the strongest tools is actually going back to the production. How much heat do we need to produce? Um, do we need to produce 10 megawatts or 100 megawatts? Or can we actually live with half or 70, 80%? Uh, by using these tools, we can actually schedule the behavior among the users. And uh, for example, uh, in the morning, everyone wakes up more or less somewhere around 6 o'clock. Uh, you have storage of, of, of already produced heat in your house. Let's say you have 22 degrees. Uh, of course, you want to maintain those 22 degrees. But for, for the producers, this challenge in the morning is immense because you want to maintain those 22 degrees. And in parallel, you want to create tap water for could be hundreds or thousands or so many people. Uh, just by doing this load balancing um, between, let's say, 6 and 8 in the morning, uh, you can maybe cut your production with, I don't know, 15, 20%. Uh, you will still have 22 degrees in your house, maybe 21.5. Uh, 
until eight o'clock. But after eight o'clock, everything is back to normal. People have gone to work. They have taken their showers. Um, yeah, you have heating on. When you come back in the evening, uh, still 22 degrees. But just by doing this on every spot all over the, the globe, reducing, let's say, if it's only 5 or 10%, every city which can reduce their production by, let's say, 5%, you can do the math. It's an enormous amount of energy which could actually, uh, yeah, we could stop the production. We, we, don't, we don't use it. And that is mm-hmm. just by utilizing these digital, digital, digital side. Digital tools, it's, it's a tough word to say, digitalization. It's an impossible word uh, to say, even for me. It is, it is. <laughs> By using that tool, uh, gives you an enormous power to actually make an impact in, in a positive way on the, on the environmental situation. And I think, um, I'm quite convinced that the new generations, I'm, I'm born late 60s, but when I talk to people who are born late 80s, early 90s, you see a change in their way of thinking. Uh, mm. And they really feel for these kind of arguments. Why, why should we do this? Uh, now, 2022, we are actually creating the tools, setting the platforms. And we, as a company, together with Siemens, really struggling hard to sell them and, and make people understand that this is just, you, you buy this product, it's all integrated. It's just like buying a car. You, you, it's fully loaded. You have lights, you have a steering wheel, you have a gearbox. It's the same with the district heating. Now we, we actually give our customer substations fully loaded, connectable mm-hmm. with all these features as we are discussing. So, yeah, I, like I, I love the example that you use because for me, um, this highlights a little bit the challenge you just you just mentioned. Mm. It's this is not a closed system. This is not a, a standalone system that you think just about. You know, I, I have a I have a. An, a, a heat generation and then I have an heat consumption. I just need to know these two things. There are so many other functions that happen within a house, within a a building. And then also the users themselves, these are us. We do Mm. things differently. Some people Mm. like an early shower. Some people like a late shower. Some people Mm. like a long, uh, you know, that behavior plus all the other systems around uh, that, that can leverage this heat or have an effect on the consumption of this heat then create this system which is so complex. And mm. as you describe, uh, it, it can really only be tackled and we can only find these, these additional efficiencies leveraging this new technology. What I also liked you mentioned is that the generation now are really that generation that understands, uh, I think, and, and are also willing to make the some of these small changes or some of these small sacrifices, half a degree uh, for two hours in the morning uh, for, mm. for 10% saving, of course, is maybe something uh, that uh, 30 years ago would not be an okay thing, but today it, it's it's the trade-off and, and the benefit is so strong. Mm. So we, you described a little bit some of the complexities. And you described here that you now have a solution. Uh, you now have have this fully loaded substation that that has this transparency, that has this technology, the connectivity. What are some of the ch- other challenges, or what are some of the things that that get in our way today? Uh, knowing that we we know what some things that we can do, we have the technology to do so. What are some of the hurdles that we need to overcome as an industry to really start to to scale this and see it in every city and 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 every community, like you described? I would say that um, the biggest challenges we have right now is, is uh, behavior. We have a very old behavior since, since uh, yeah, 30, 40 years old behavior, which is uh, 
I would say, the biggest challenge. When, when we start talking about this digital, digital, digital platforms uh, with our customers, uh, I would say that the people I mentioned earlier, the people late 80s, early 90s, they understand. Uh, I'm, I'm not seeing myself an, as an old man, although I'm born in 1967. But, but I, I feel sometimes when I discuss with people in my age, um, a slightly resistant position. Because uh, what's the what's the what's the problem with the things we already have? And I say there is no problem, but it's not good enough anymore. We need to upgrade, and we need to do it fast. Uh, so, so, and then I think uh, also district heating is uh, extremely engineered. Um, I'm myself is a salesperson. I'm, I'm an engineer in, in in the bottom, but but still I'm I'm really focused on sales. Um, the, the, the curiousness and, and the willingness to invent something new. And, and I always say that the wheel is already invite, uh, uh, created and we don't need to do that again, we, but we can use it as, as a, in maybe a different way. Uh, so, so there are some bricks which has to be rearranged to get this to work. And, and I'm so confident uh, that the new generation coming now and are really hopeful also that they will bring this forward because they they, uh, they they understand and they want to use it and they are also looking now they are bringing kids to this world and they are also looking how would the situation be for my children when they grow up and and so behavior and and um, how to say trust in this new technology uh, interest of finding out is it is it real or is it fiction uh, please invite us. I mean, CMS and Citizen, we can do a lot together, and we are doing a lot for the environment already. Uh, please invite us, and then we will explain, because we have real cases, and the, the partners we are working with today, they are really happy what we, what, what we have delivering and what we are delivering. Uh, performance is good. Everything is uh, on track, as, as we have discussed. And I also see this constant development of the t technology as, as a really interesting challenge. And, and Things goes fast, and, and if, if you're not fast enough, maybe you should step out and bring some new people, new resources, which are a little bit more agile and, and, and willing to, to act on, on these fast terms. So, so yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, what you describe, at least initially, is one of these challenges we see a little bit uh, in a traditionally slow-moving industry, uh, in an engineered mm -hmm. industry, where, you know, we, 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 we cannot risk systems not working i think sometimes yeah. we do get stuck with things that that do work but as you mentioned and i think this is a great a great uh, snippet or let, let's call it quote to take from this uh, there's nothing wrong with what we have today but it's just not good enough anymore the expectations yeah. are higher the the requirement for us to to have better efficiency to have higher performance mm -hmm. to be able to demonstrate and iterate and like you described the technology today is not the technology of tomorrow so having systems that can then take advantages of everything that comes uh, more and more quickly everything that comes with more and more experience from other parts of of the industry and other industries completely that we mm -hmm. can leverage uh, you know this this ability is is then driven by by the technology to a certain extent, even if it just makes, you know, creates that platform you described to deploy, uh, th mm. this is what you need. Um, you mentioned, I think, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, please. <laughs> I think also what we are, what we need to be better on is, is also the business model. Uh, because, because um, 
we have a very traditional business model when it comes to district heating. Uh, now, some of the energy companies are changing it. But I also think uh, an ownership, as I said earlier in this discussion, has to be much more concrete for, for the end user. It doesn't matter if it is an industrial end user or, or a private. Uh, the business model has to be much more lean. Um, I'm, we are talking a lot about uh, financing together also with Siemens, uh, um, the platforms and, and the different solutions in order to make this happen in, 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 in a good and quick way. Uh, so, so, so there are a lot of stakeholders involved uh, in, in this process for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and hey, that you know, you link really well to my next question, which is that value proposition. Let's call it, or let's call it, the business model for you know for the end customers, for the industrial customers to understand what's going on and and what they are also trying to achieve. Because we also mm-hmm. see uh, individuals in our society looking to 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 reduce their their CO two footprint. Let's call it. We see mm-hmm. industries and commercial uh, companies making commitments. Uh, on on their their net zero targets uh, and their you know for this we need to be able to also give transparency and information to support their business models. Mm. You talked about doing something different, trying something new, uh, moving faster, uh, you know, breaking some of the shackles from the history in this part of the industry. How important is that partnership? Because you mentioned here a few times, Cedarthurm and, and Siemens working really closely together around this digitalization piece. How important is is that partnership for you in your experience as you as you push this envelope? You know, as you break away from from what was always been done in the past. Uh, it's it, it's uh, very important. Uh, it's absolutely crucial because we have uh, Siemens. Uh, it has all these technical features, uh, both in terms of manpower, knowledge, uh, and product, uh, which we are demanding. And and see the term, we, we can produce the substations. So, uh, and then I think also the experience uh, Siemens has from from the digital world and and uh, adopting. I mean, Siemens has a long history of of being in in. Uh, digitalization of industrial plants and so on and so on. Now we're moving it over to, to district heating. So all that knowledge is, is extremely important for us. And and CETATHERM is, is we, we, we have been in the business, in the district heating business for 60 years. Uh, and we will stay here for another 60 years, make sure. And Siemens is also a very strong and, and uh, company with, with a long, long history. And they will be in the business so those two forces, when, when we join, we, we have a really strong concept. And I hope that sends also a message to the customers that this is not just two small companies playing around and trying to create some, some local business. We are, we are in it for the long run, uh, creating sustainability for, for, for all our customers over a very, very long period of time. And that is, I think, uh, quite a strong statement we can make together. Uh, so, so um, yeah, I would say... That's, that's the answer to the, that question. Um, <laughs> and that, I yeah, think it's, it's, it's enormously challenging to, to, to work because uh, those customers we are working with, both Siemens and Cetatherm, they are uh, looking on, on features like this. Who, who are these companies? Uh, uh, financially solid, uh, good ownership uh, structure. Uh, and they will be here for, for another 50 to 100 years, long before we... <laughs> They will be here after our 
or checking the, out Time Wars. The think. next generation taking over. Exactly, I, exactly. I, I think it's a great point as well. You know, when, when we talk with uh, a lot of different people in the industry, when you're really striking out and trying something new, when you're really starting to try and bring digitalization into industries, you need those partnerships. You mm -hmm. need the knowledge and the experience that you have from Cedartherm's perspective in this case um, around district heating combined with uh, you know, that automation, that digitalization piece. There's no one answer from one person that does everything, that's, that's for sure. And that longevity, as you mentioned, um, mm -hmm. right at the start when you when, when, when a community, when a government commits to district heating, this is a long-term investment. You know, mm. There's a huge amount of cost and infrastructure that has to be deployed to enable that. And you can't uh, then think in five years' time about the solutions and how you manage this. It has to be long-term. Exactly. Um, you, at the start, you know, when we talked about the, the topic for, for this uh, episode, it was around decarbonisation. Uh, you talked then throughout this conversation, we've discussed sustainability and how we need to find efficiencies, how through transparency, digitalization we can do it. And we, we have that next generation of experts coming through, uh, you know, that are now uh, hitting their professional uh, careers and starting to get their hands dirty and bring their new vision and, and flexibility, perhaps in some cases, or, or at least the understanding of technology into the industry. My, my last question for today is around that future. If we fast forward, uh, be it five years, 10 years, 30 years, um, what does the district heating industry look like and, and how is it different from where we are today? The district heating as, as a business, um, uh, neither district heating likes it or not. Uh, they have to join into this digital uh, journey which we are entering now. Um, uh, it will take a couple more years before it really shapes up. But I see also in Europe now when we, with the big investments that all the governments are doing, uh, the speed has uh, increased uh, in a really good, on a, onto a really good level, I would say. Uh, also, the matureness in business models, uh, ownership, being a competitive uh, heat source for, for the population, uh, is something which I think more and more energy companies are looking into. How to reach out, how to take market shares. Uh, because I, if, if I was working on an energy company, uh, I would say that it's my responsibility to take market shares and, and to make my customers green and, and uh, be sure that they are, we are producing our energy in, in the most efficient way and we are also giving our customers the most efficient solution in, in, in the total package. So I think, and I really, I, in some, some, on some markets, I already know that this will happen. It's just mm -hmm. a matter about time. And, and I really hope that um, the political decisions are taking in a really rapid way now, because by increasing the, the presence of district heating, we can also uh, offload the current uh, electrical situation. But we can also add power from district heating also to the electrical um, uh, grid. So, so that, uh, that is how I see it coming now for, for, I would say, three, five, up to ten years. Uh, mm -hmm. But due to the situation, I really hope that the decisions uh, is taken now in, in that way. We are ready. Uh, both Siemens and CTSM are ready. Uh, now it's a market situation. And I also know that the end customers are ready for this. Uh, we just need to come up with a good offer. I understand. And, and I think that 
in general, if we look at not just the the current energy situation globally, but also this this global push towards decarbonisation, sustainability, and the reduction of of electrical energy demand, uh, there are many options that build into the solution for this, and and all of them, I think, speed, like you mentioned, is a great point to to finalise on because uh, I, I think we're we're in agreement as a society that this is not something that we can fix over the next 100 years. It's something that needs to be fixed over the next fives and ten years. You know, the yeah, decades yeah, yeah. run away quickly. All of a sudden, yeah, we're yeah. we're towards the end of of 2022, and and many of the goals and the aspirations that uh, that we have across Europe, but also many other parts of the world, have 2025 or 2030 mm. uh, written mm. on the paper. And and there are many things that need to happen between now and then. So, mm. so I think that. The great thing that that's, we've discussed today is there's real opportunity there and district heating is something that maybe while not well understood by many, certainly has that huge ability to impact and deliver that efficiency, but, but above and beyond the technology as it is today, but even better than it is today and show even more opportunity in the future. Mm. So, mm. hey, yeah, Roger, thanks mm. so much for the conversation. It was really a pleasure. Um, and, and hey, I, I wish you the best, uh, yourself, your team, uh, and the colleagues that you're working with, with your partners and your customers across the world, all the best of luck, because uh, I get the feeling that that this digitalization, this connection between the buildings and the, the heating and district heating networks, the energy networks, are going to be one of those core un, uh, core aspects to unlock the real efficiency opportunities. Mm. So here I hope to see uh, many more of these digitalized substations, many more of these digitalized networks in the near future. Yes, the same. Uh, thank you very much. I really hope that we, we, we will end that way. I'm, I'm convinced that we are doing a great job together and then we will continue to do that, that good work. So, yeah, thank you very much, John. Thank you, Roger. And a big thanks to everyone out there as well. Thank you so much for listening or watching us. Remember to su subscribe wherever you are, are uh, viewing or listening to this episode. And also remember to like, share, comment, uh, and also reach out to us. Uh, find Roger, I'm sure, on LinkedIn. Find myself as well. Ask some questions and take that opportunity to really start to think if you are in the district heating uh, space in the industry to have a little bit of a think and have a little bit of a conversation with Roger and his team or others out there to really understand how we can digitalize the industry and really take the next step from a district heating perspective. Until our next episode, please, uh, we look forward to having a chat very soon. Other than that, we'll see you soon.